Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mind on Mental Health podcast. My name is Andy Dean. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and my guest today is Jamie Winters. Jamie is also a licensed clinical social worker, as well as a senior primary therapist at PEM Medicine Princeton House Behavioral Health in North Brunswick, New Jersey. Today, Jamie and I discuss loneliness and its effect on mental health. So I hope you find it helpful and enjoy the podcast. Jamie Winters, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm happy to have you back. This is so much fun. <laughs> you know the the drill. Before we start, usually I like to have anybody who's on here introduce themselves and just tell people what they do for the agency and who they are. So do you mind just running through that real quick? Of course. Thank um, you. Name, like you said, is Jamie Winters. I'm a senior primary therapist at Penn Med Princeton House Behavioral Healthcare. Um, I am a primary therapist in the adult psych, which is general adult population, about 25 and up, and the Senior Link program. Um, we talk about depression, anxiety, all types of mental health disorders. And I've been working in this population for about 13 years. Wow, 13 years. I know, time flies. I wanted to talk to you today because uh, I know that you had written an article for us about loneliness and mental health. Um, so can you maybe just talk about why that interests you or why you think that's an important thing to talk about? Well, um, it's one of the new Surgeon General's kind of like health risk advisories that put out for people. And also it's something that I would say the majority of the patients that come in are dealing with some kind of loneliness and not feeling connected or supported to others. And I think that's one of the biggest trademarks of loneliness is you just feel isolated alone on an island. Even if maybe you're surrounded by a great support network, you're still feeling that disconnect, still feeling like something is missing, that maybe you're not understood or heard. Um, so it's, it's one of the biggest symptoms, stressors, um, causes for depression and anxiety that I've seen kind of bookmarked across all the different populations that we have. I totally agree with you. I think um, loneliness and isolation is probably the number one indicator of whether or not a mental health issue is going to present itself, or I should say depression slash anxiety is going to present itself. Mm -hmm. um, I would imagine that you also see this a lot working when you work with the senior link program. Is that is it more prevalent with that population or or not as or maybe I'm wrong about that. Just what's your what are your thoughts? Well, I I feel like it's really prevalent in the older adults. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of grief and loss there, a lot of change and transition. You go from raising a family, working, getting that connection through work, and then all of a sudden retirement hits or you get older and you you lose a lot of that support network that you gained throughout life 
So loneliness definitely affects the older adults. And I've been seeing a lot more younger adults coming in with increased loneliness and, and isolation recently as well. Interesting. What do you think accounts for that? Well, I think one of the biggest factors contributing to loneliness in general is our over-reliance on technology, as I'm saying this as we're doing a podcast. Of course, yeah, (laughs) Uh, virtually. (laughs) But I think that leads us down to not being as familiar with talking with other people and finding other ways to connect with people face to face. And we're so isolated with like the Facebooks, the Instagrams, all those different um, websites and uh, even video games. Mm -hmm. They just isolate us more. So then our support networks even smaller. And then it, it, when we're alone by ourselves, it gives room and space for those negative thoughts to come in which can make us focus on those not so maybe good parts that we feel about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then again, that will spiral into that feeling of loneliness. I I don't have anyone to connect to. Mm -hmm. They're looking on these social media platforms and seeing the good parts of life that people are showing and how people are social and going out and can't really connect to that. And with COVID, we were so used to being indoors. I think it amplified that even so much more so for a lot of people. So then you have this chunk of young adults that are now going away to college. So you throw in that big life change and stressor in there. It's a lot to adjust to and be able to find your identity within that to just be a a difficult transition. I have another one I'm I'm gonna throw up. I have two thoughts. Yeah. One is just, you know, it's ironic that like the social like social media is really something that's supposed to make you feel more connected, but like you said, it I think it a lot of times it has the opposite effect. And then the second thought is I've been noticing this a lot and I just wonder what your thoughts are on this. Working from home Like, I think that's something that I've noticed a lot with other people that is not great for their mental health and does contribute to like that feeling of loneliness and isolation. And that has definitely gotten more normalized after the pandemic, I think. Anyway, that's just something that I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, I, as humans, we're social creatures by nature, we thrive with support and encouragement from others. And when you were talking about the work from home component that a lot of companies are doing, it takes away from that camaraderie that's formed through work. You know, you're all yes. going through the, the coal mines together. Of so course. And, you know, what's the latest talk ar- around the water cooler? Mm-hmm. You know, those types of things that now you don't really have that you're alone and you have this teams virtual chat that you can talk to co-workers it's just not the same feeling you don't get that connection through typed words that you can from body language and expression and just sharing a space with somebody yes absolutely okay so you mentioned 
that there's a Surgeon General's warning about this. Can you just tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. So Surgeon General issued an advisory sounding an alarm is the words that they use mm-hmm. of an epidemic of loneliness and isolation and lack of connection in the United States, which and medical aspects aren't my expertise, but we know that depression and anxiety has a lot of physical components linked with it. Sure. So this surge in loneliness and lack of connectivity can also have negative side effects physically on a lot of people. And I was reading through some of the facts that the Surgeon General put out there, and I was shocked that social disconnection is similar to that caused by smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. Oh, wow. Isn't that intense? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I remember hearing... And I wish I could remember the source. I don't know if this was a book. I think it was a book, but I don't remember which one. But they said that basically the uh, number one indicator of whether or not somebody is going to live a long life is it's not, you know, their diet or exercise or any of that stuff. It's just how socially connected they are. And I feel like that really ties in pretty neatly to this, because like you said, I, this is almost like a nice vindication for the mental health field from like a, a medical body which is something that i think the me- the mental health field has known for years which is just that the impact of loneliness and social isolation is very severe like you said it's as severe as smoking 15 cigarettes a day supposedly well and if you look at what we do when we're feeling lonely and isolated We're probably not eating the best of things. We're probably more inactive, maybe not taking care of those like activities of daily living as frequently showering, brushing our teeth, Mm -hmm. going to doctor's appointments. So it shows how much that that can link and just in itself. And then if loneliness is leading to depression and anxiety, then that's picking up things like our heart rate and and the stress that that can cause on us and the lack of involvement that we're using in our brain to stimulate ourselves in like happy and knowledgeable ways throughout the day. So, you know, it makes sense how they can really all be linked together and how someone could really be suffering by isolating themselves so much. Totally. It's like that mind-body connection, right? Like um, things that affect your mind are going to have effects on your body and vice versa. Okay, so we know, and the Surgeon General apparently knows, that this (laughs) is a big problem, right? I guess I have found when treating especially depression, but also anxiety, that this is sort of like the number one treatment targets is really having the person become more engaged socially. And like so many things that we talk about in the mental health field, like it sounds really easy Um, because in theory it is easy, right? Call your friends more often, go hang out with your friends more often or whatever. But in practice, we know that this can be very difficult, especially if somebody is depressed. So like, I guess my question is like, how do you reconcile those two things? So my thoughts are, you have to start small. 
You know, maybe it's if you already have a family, putting down the cell phone at dinner time mm-hmm. and working on striking up some conversations. I have a couple patients recently who bought these discussion cards for the dinner table. And that's their way mm. of to connect to one another. Mm-hmm. Or if it's, you know, with a spouse or a partner, instead of sitting on the couch and sending memes back and forth to one another, you know, p- again, put the phones down and put on any random show and just talk about it. What do you like about the show? What do you not like about the show? Getting out of the house, going to CVS and striking up a conversation with somebody. Oh, you mm-hmm. like that toothpaste? What makes you choose that one over <laughs> this one? Uh-huh. You know how cool that is? Uh, I'm sure the uh, the other cus- the customers at CVS would love to have that conversation. <laughs> I bet they would. They're probably maybe, searching maybe. for some connection too. You never know. That's Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I know it sounds corny and silly, and I think that with this day and age of technology, we're really just losing those basic linguistic skills of talking with each other and sitting with the discomfort of not knowing how the other person is going to react and that Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. can still be okay and that you're enough to have a conversation with somebody, even if it's somebody that you don't know. Like your your thoughts and your feelings are just as valid as anybody else's. Hey, I know that I just gave you a hard time about that example. <laughs> and but and you're gonna go say, to CVS later and do uh, it. But I'm gonna go to CVS later and do that. No, what <laughs> I was gonna say is, I know I gave you a hard time about it, but I also completely agree with you that like those small interactions that they make a big difference right like whatever random dumb small talk conversation with uh, a person at the grocery store or whatever that impacts your mood and I, I think having positive interactions like that even if they seem really trivial Mm -hmm. They actually are very important. And that I think too is is similar to the work from home thing. If you're just in your house by yourself, you don't get any of that from anybody. Whereas you might have, if you go into the office for work every day, you might have 15 to 20 random small talk conversations with people during the course of the day. You know, that really adds up, even if it does seem trivial. And it's similar with, like you said, like if you're out at CVS or you're at the grocery store or the post office or whatever, all those things really do impact your mental health and and that feeling of connection. Yeah. You know, with loneliness and isolation, you feel alone on an island. Mm -hmm. So doing something as small as striking up a conversation, even just giving someone a smile and getting one back, it helps to like bridge you off of that isolated. Mm, mm -hmm. And it's those small steps to help gain those deeper relationships. You know, you're not going to have a lifelong relationship with that person in CVS and it can help build your confidence so that you can go back 
and maybe join a support group or mm-hmm. a special interest club. Um, and then from there, you develop those closer, more meaningful connections that can help further bring you out of that loneliness, that depression, that anxiety. You know, it's almost like the pinky toe into the river that mm-hmm. can really help, like, lead you in a good direction. And just to play devil's advocate for a second. Yeah. You might have a lifelong relationship with that person from CBS. Sure, you never know. And you definitely won't make any connections like that if you're alone in your house. Right. So you are sort of, you're taking the chance that you could be building your social network anytime you have a a talk like that. I'll give you an example. Most mornings I go to the gym and now I see, I have like three or four people there that I would consider, you know, acquaintances slash friends where we talk and we BS and it's nice. But if I never went to the gym and I just stayed in my house, those relationships never would have happened. And they help hold you accountable. You know, you're going to see those people at the gym. Right. You know, you like to see them. So it's one extra step to keeping you engaged in life Mm, mm -hmm. rather than like shying away and just being by yourself and fulfilling that prophecy of I'm alone and no one cares. Yes. Great point. Um, And I think that word engagement is key, right? Like your relationships really are the things oftentimes that keep you engaged. So building them is important and maintaining them is important. Yeah, and and I think it's also important to go into these relationships, no matter what they are, family, friends, romantic, without any expectations. Mm -hmm. You know, you're looking to build closeness. You don't know who that's through. You know, sometimes our family aren't our closest link. Sometimes it's our romantic relationship or sometimes it's friends or maybe it is our family. People can do different things for us in our lives. Not every relationship has to be this deep seated long-term connection. Some people will be there just for some fun or some learning and, you know, some feel good moments and that's okay. Mm -hmm. The importance is not to give up and to keep, trying to connect to other people because we're not as alone as our feelings can sometimes make us feel and that's really where i think like that depression component comes in right yeah because again when you're isolated that that sort of voice in your head can get a lot louder yes and you don't have anyone to challenge it either you know you're sitting there and you know we all have those random negative thoughts and there's no one to say like, well, what are you talking about? You, you know, th- this is the contrary to that negative thought. Mm-hmm. If we don't have that connection or those other evidence to support against those negative thoughts that now we've been alone, isolated, overthinking about, then those, like you said, those negative thoughts become even louder. And right. it's hard. And it's what? I'm sorry. It's harder to drown those out. Yeah. I asked you before, I guess, like, what can be done about this? And and, also, and we acknowledge that it can be tricky, right? Especially if you're depressed and you're isolating. Um, 
and you said really i think starting small is the the way to do it um so you you got to put one foot in front of the other and just start doing something do you have any other tips i guess in terms of the best way to do this or any other thoughts on like how to make how to make this happen i i mean i would say start with something that you know about yourself like for the younger adults who are maybe going to college join a special interest group join mm. one of the clubs that sound interesting to you at least you know you're going and there's other possibly like-minded people there so it's a it's a good way to start making some of those connections and for older adults you know there's things like the senior centers mm. lifelong learning through different colleges and libraries and things like that that again it it gives you some kind of connected thread you know that the people going to the senior centers are also 60 and older looking for socialization and right fun mm -hmm. so you know yourself you know what could help you bridge that gap it's just believing in yourself and even though you're not feeling like anything's connecting, what used to connect to you? Mm -hmm. And start there. Yeah. Doing something at a time when you don't feel like doing anything, right? That's yeah. my golden rule when it comes to depression treatment. So you're you're really going to be telling yourself or your depression is going to be telling you not to do it for whatever reason or you can't do it and you just have to do it anyway. You have to find a way. Yeah. But you've done it before, you know, I always say, like, our logic part of our minds, we've had conversations with people at least a hundred times in our lives, no matter how small or big, uh -huh. and it's that emotion part of it that makes that conversation complicated. We start mm -hmm. doubting ourselves, what if there's a lull in the conversation, what if I sound this or I look that? And that's what makes the conversation more difficult. So you have to remember our feelings can distort things. And to tap into that like logical part of it, it's like, I've had conversations with people. They've gone fine. What's to say this one isn't going to go fine too? Just start talking. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you would want to talk about? I guess it's important to recognize that, that it's okay to need help when battling loneliness you know you can be surrounded by a whole bunch of family and friends and if you're not feeling connected to them that can still make you feel alone and it's okay to seek out an impartial third party therapist doctor psychiatrist to help you reconnect what's where the disconnect is you know, it's okay to reach out for help. You know, if the Surgeon General is talking about it, you're not alone in those feelings. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are also feeling those feelings. And that being said, it doesn't have to persist. You know, change is difficult and contributes to loneliness, but it doesn't mean that change has to be insurmountable. It's possible to go through transitions and survive on the other side um, and the biggest way to do that is to reconnect with people and to have that support 
for yourself and for them.